0: Welcome to the Grace Hill Podcast, a weekly podcast of our Sunday messages driven by our pastor. Grace Hill exists to bring God's biblical truth to your everyday life. As we begin this week's message, we invite you to open your Bibles and capture what God has in store for you today. So this morning we are supposed to be in Romans 13 and 14, and I will tell you this, that I have struggled all week with finding peace to speak on Romans I just didn't feel like it was right. In fact, I tried several times to begin. Uh, I sat down and studied a few different times. My kids are on spring break this week, so I kind of worked remote. Uh, I was already planning on working remote as it was because my kids were on spring break. And every time I would sit down to try to work and, and study through Romans, I just couldn't I just couldn't feel a release to do so. And I just finally said, okay, maybe the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, you know what? Today's probably not the day to continue in Romans. Today's probably a day to divert and speak more to the issues at hand and talk more about what are we facing right now in our world. And so with that, um, I felt like the Lord was pushing me to talk about peace. And so we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 8 today. So ignore all the Romans stuff that is up in the room and be like, this should say Philippians, and we'll just go with that, right? And so uh, that, is why, that is partly why we've got the sign-off and all these other things, because we're not, we're not in Romans today. We're going to talk about uh, the situation at hand. I know that in our world right now, with, with the coronavirus, where it is and what's happening and, and what people are feeling and they're seeing, there is a lot of unrest, and there is a lot of, of worry and some anxiety. And now, it may not be directly related to the virus. It may be to the fact of, uh, you're worrying about, uh, will I be able to work uh, because of this virus, will I be able to go buy food because of people making a mad rush on the, the grocery stores? Is there going to be uh, things left for me? Will I have toilet paper in a week, right? Uh, you know, those, are, those are significant and real worries. Uh, my older sister has four boys, and she said, I'm not worried about toilet paper. I'm going to send them out in the backyard and hose them down. And I was like, I could have done without that. Thank you. you know, it was one of those kind of moments. And so, but, but there's a lot of different worries and, and there may be the real and, and, and serious concern about if I catch the virus, I could be in trouble. You may have underlying health issues or, 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 or other things that make you more susceptible to the virus and you're going, you know what? This is a real concern and a real worry for me. And so as, as our nation has now been declared in a state of emergency, it, it only causes for there to be a little more unrest, especially we watch the economy. You watch the stock market, just, just these rises and these falls. And, and it's just insane what what is happening with all of the unrest, Right. And so we feel it, we know that it's prevalent, we know that it's real. I was reading different stats throughout the week as far as best case scenarios and worst case scenarios. And then one guy saying, we may not even hit the chart, we may be so bad it may be off the chart altogether. And you go, whoa, people pump the brakes just a bit. We're going to do things that are preventative measures to try to help to curve this more towards best case scenarios, right? We're not going to just say, oh, well, forget it. The virus is going to do what it does. and There's nothing we can do to stop it, right? We're going to do certain things. But, but with all of this and the information that we hear, now, I will not try to be a doctor this morning. I am not a doctor. I'm not going to try to even say that I have all the information that I've studied up the most. There are probably some of you in the room that have done far more research than I have as it pertains to uh, this virus and and what the CDC says and the World Health Organization says and all of these different things. And that's great. And you're doing what you need to do to be uh, ready and to be protected from the virus. And I I appreciate you taking the initiative to do so. But I know that in all of this, there is still some worry and some unrest, that there is still anxiety that that may stem directly from the virus or from one of the many dominoes that are going to fall as an effect of the virus. And I wanna to speak to this situation today and remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And I wanna start there this morning. We're gonna be in Philippians, but, but, but Paul writes to Timothy some, some incredibly profound words there that help us in this time to remember that, you know what? If we lean into the spirit, it's not gonna push us in the direction of fear, but the Holy Spirit's gonna lead us in power, in love, and a sound mind. And in during these times, more than ever, we need to walk in a sound mind. We need to walk with clarity of thought. That is where we can find wisdom in that moment. That's when we can be open to hearing the wisdom of the Father and being able to walk in that direction. If we walk in worry and anxiety, it only leads to, to panic and pandemonium. But as we walk without fear, but in power, love, and a sound mind, we operate and walk in wisdom. So let's this morning, let's jump into Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 8. And it says this, it says, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he says in verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Today, I want us to reset where our peace lies. I want us to kind of refocus and take a step back and say, okay, where is my peace First thing this morning, as we jump right into this, the first thing I want to talk about is joy in the Lord. Joy in the Lord. Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. So this word rejoice, it's this idea of, of being glad, right? Being, being, being full of joy in the Lord. There's something that needs to be understood as believers that we can always find joy. Because our souls are in the hands of a living Savior who loves us, who cares for us, and we can find joy in the Lord in any moment and any time. And if our joy is secure in the Lord, then it is more difficult for us to walk in fear and worry and anxiety because our joy is in the Lord. Where you can look at the world, not, not, not that we walk around just like, like just grinning because we're in this euphoric state of, of of you know delusion without any understanding or awareness of what's going on around us, but the simple understanding that that God is our peace and in him I can find joy. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Not rejoice in the Lord when things are okay or rejoice in the Lord when when you're on top of the mountain. He doesn't even just say rejoice in the Lord when things are terrible. No, he says in all ways, in all things, at all times, rejoice in the Lord. None of that changes with the circumstances around you. You can find joy in the Lord because he has given you life. He has given you peace. He's given you hope. He covers you with grace and his love endures forever. In all of that, we can find joy in the Lord. Nothing changes uh, with that because of the circumstances that you walk through or where our world is or what we're facing and what what we're up against. None of that shifts or changes simply because the world feels like everything is collapsing around us we can still rejoice in the Lord. He still sits on the throne. Let me be a remind. let that serve as a reminder to you. God is still on the throne. God is still leading. He is still in control. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of disorder, God is leading that. Is it difficult sometimes to comprehend and understand? Yes, but we know that he is working all things together for the good, right? We can trust that the Lord is leading this. He is guiding this. His hand is on this. I want you to notice something that that Paul is not suggesting or recommending. He's commanding. This is Paul writing to uh, one of his churches there in Philippi. And this is a church that, listen, they're under difficult circumstances themselves. They're in a difficult spot as it is. They're being persecuted by the world around them because of their faith. Uh, People are losing their lives simply because they follow Jesus. So they're in a difficult spot. It's easy for them to kind of walk in this gloom and doom and woe is me and, and nothing good is ever going to come of it. And mind you, Paul is writing from prison and he's reminding them, he's, not, he's commanding them from prison as the leader of this, this faith and this, this church in this moment. He's saying, listen, as a church leader in the Christian world, remember you rejoice in the Lord Always. No matter what's going on, he's like, I'm in prison. You're facing death threats and and persecution. And nonetheless, in all things, we rejoice in the Lord. Because God is able to to deliver us, He's able to love us through this, He's able to give grace in all moments and situations. And God is there and He loves you. So rejoice in Him. Regardless of what the situation and the circumstances are around you, rejoice in the Lord. And I love that He doubles down on it and said, And again, I say, rejoice. In case you missed it the first time, I still mean it. And it's like, you just finished the sentence. Yeah, some of you missed it the first time. So all of that again, ready? Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Find joy in who the Lord is. Let that joy sustain you. Let that joy be evident in your life. Nehemiah 8 tells us this. It says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Worry and anxiety and anxiety rob us of our strength. Have you ever found yourself crippled by worry or fear? Unable to continue to move forward. Unable to, to operate or to think clearly or to act clearly. Because worry robs us of our strength. It immobilizes us at times where we go, I, I don't know what to do. I can't make the right decision. I... Step back and find the joy of the Lord. This is where your strength lies. In difficult moments, and hard times, if you know what, as hard as this may get, as difficult as this may get, the joy of the Lord strengthens me. He says, rejoice in the Lord. Don't let worry and anxiety rob you of your strength the joy of the Lord will strengthen you. Paul then calls the Philippians in verse five to gentleness. And in fact, if you look at how Paul has spoken in other writings about gentleness, one, gentleness was a requirement to be a leader in the church. You had to operate with gentleness. If you weren't gentle, you were disqualified from the ability to lead in the church. Another thing you read in Titus, he calls all of the members of the church to walk in gentleness, and that's kind of a big statement where you go, you're, you're telling the whole, the masses, the whole body of the church. He's saying, listen, be gentle people. Now, we don't know what all the circumstances were around all of that, but we know that Paul leans heavy into gentleness as a mark of the believer, as a sign of a Christian. He says, in gentleness. This word literally means not needing to be right. Yielding and tolerant. What, what is he saying here? He's saying, I'll put it in our terms today. There's going to be so many different things. We're coming up on, an, we're in an election you know, year. This is a big deal, right? I don't know if y'all have noticed or paid attention, but there's been some like debates happening and this and that and whatnot going on, trying to figure out who's going to run for president. And then, all, are y'all aware of that, right? Okay, I figured you were. Here's what he's saying. He's saying to believers, he says, listen, you don't have to be right. You can walk in gentleness, you can be yielding and tolerant. You can say, you know what? Is there a time to stand up for righteousness and truth? Yes. Is there a time to, to uh, come against uh, the, the things that the government says because it is a- offensive to the church, it's against the word of God? 100%. And in those moments as a church, we'll take a stand for the church and for the word of God and for Jesus. Amen? But he's saying, listen, there will be some things that you're just going to have differences of opinion on, and at the end of the day, they have no bearing on eternity. Learn to be gentle. You may be in a moment where you come across somebody where y'all have different opinions on how this virus should have been or should be handled moving forward. Guess what? Ultimately, we don't really have a say in what government officials lead us to do and direct us to do. So we have no reason to need to quarrel and argue about it. He said, You can be gentle in these things, walk in gentleness. And say, not in the sense of that we're a pushover, in the sense that that we don't have morals and a stance and a backbone in this. But no, just going, you know what? I don't need to be right. I don't need to be right. I can step back. I can yield to you to let you pass. Right? That's applicable to driving, I guess, as well. But we're not going down that road today. He says, walk in gentleness. It's a sense of showing love and compassion towards others. In the sense of saying like, you know what? We may disagree on this, but I care more about your soul than your opinion. And in that, I can show love to you, I can show kindness to you, and I can be the love of Jesus before you. So walk in gentleness. Walk in gentleness. Our desire to love others should be evident in our actions and attitudes towards them especially in a time like this when there's a lot of unrest, the church needs to be loving and caring and compassionate and not ready to jump up and tell everybody what they've done wrong or right or whatnot, just gentleness. The second thing this morning is peace in Jesus. So it all starts with rejoicing and gentleness, right? Getting that foundation right in the first place. That You know what? My joy is in the Lord, not in the circumstances around me. My joy is not dictated by what is happening. And in that, from that, as I'm filled with the compassion and love of Jesus through rejoicing in the Lord, I can walk out gentleness in front of others around me. When we get that right, the rest of it becomes a little bit easier. Now, I know that there are some with us today, either here or watching online, that are, are walking with some unsettled feelings. And, and that's perfectly okay. And I would be... Uh, A liar if I said that I would not had any kind of worries of any kind involving the situation at hand, right? Because there's so many different variables at play. And I'm not going to sit here and point them out to increase the fear and the worry in everybody. Where they go, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Great. Now something else to be worried about. What am I doing that today? But to simply just to say, listen, I understand and, and I, I, I'm aware of the feelings that people are, are, are walking with and, and kind of the emotions that they're struggling with and battling. And I, and I want to say this, listen, there is peace in Jesus. There is peace in Jesus. And I simply today want to speak peace and hope. I want to speak peace and hope into this situation. As a church, I want to speak peace and hope into your life. As a church, I want to speak peace and hope to the people around us so that in in our circle of influence that we have, that people maybe walk out of it going, you know what? I know that we're going to be okay. I know that in the end, we win, God prevails, and that ultimately his name is glorified. So I want to direct you real quick to verses 6 And seven, and he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then, verse seven, here's the promise and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We could leave it right there. And just the understanding of the promise that comes from bringing our requests before the Lord with our anxieties and laying them at His feet. And the promise is the peace of God, His peace that goes beyond our realm of thinking and understanding, will guard us in our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Take it to the Lord. The Greek word for anxiety means to be pulled in many directions. Pulled in many directions. Have you ever felt like you're being pulled in many directions by, by stress, worry, and fear? So here's, here's the idea behind the word and the way the Greek would kind of look at it and use it is they're saying like, your hope is pulling you in one direction, your fear and worry are pulling you in another direction to where you're being further and further, further pulled apart to where you, you feel stretched. Have you ever felt stretched thin and then all of a sudden anxiety and worry increases because you feel like there's not enough time, there's not enough money, there's not enough resources, you can't do this, that, whatever, And, and you feel the stress and the worry. So you feel like you're being pulled apart. And the old English where we get our word worry from means to be strangled, to be strangled. That's kind of a, a, a strong thought and an idea of a word, right? Where you go, it, it, okay, I feel a little, I'm a little worried. And it's like, in the old English, it's like, do you feel like somebody's got their hands around your throat and they're squeezing? You're like, I don't know if I would have put it exactly like that. Uh, she can't sleep well, you know, like... <laughs> trying to play that, that comparison game. But, but but that's the imagery and the idea that comes from the Old English and the word that we have for worry today. So in the Greek, it's being stretched and pulled apart. And in the in the Old English, it's this choking, this strangling feeling. Neither of those words uh, uh, kind of give this understanding or this idea of just a simple little anxiety or worry. But both of them have this strong undertone and kind of this this uh, dark feeling of of being ripped apart or being strangled, right? Because worry is, is is killing us if we allow it to. Worry begins to, to, to suck all of the joy out of us. It begins to take life from us. Jesus said himself, who of you can add even a day by worrying? And now obviously medical science hadn't caught up with Jesus yet at the time. But we know that that stress and worry actually is, is a hindrance on our health, right? And so Jesus is saying, put the stress and worry aside. You can't do anything it doesn't help you in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't help at all. So when we see worry and anxiety, we, we, we see this, this heaviness and this feeling of there's, there's nothing I can do. And only, it, it only pulls us further and further down. It is a endless kind of downward spiral. First Peter 5 or 7, Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. Peter, who, who knew Jesus in a very intimate way, would, would have first first-hand account and in, in relationship with Jesus, right? And understanding his personality and understanding his character. And he says, listen, I know the guy. You can cast it all on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. So Paul, as he writes, he says, he says bring your anxieties to the Lord through prayer and and petition. When you look at the word cast right there and and cast all your anxiety, it's an incredible, incredible word. Do you know what it actually means? It means to throw, okay? So we gotta understand the imagery. To throw or or to, to place responsibility on and then also, Mark, it's, it's the same word in Mark when, when he's talking about the old, the, 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 like the, he talks about the wineskin and the new wineskins, and he says, nobody would put a, a, a new patch on an old garment because it's going to shrink and tear apart. He, it's the same word for so on. So it's saying, don't just, don't just kind of go to the Lord and, and set them there, or don't just walk up with your cares and your worries, hanging on to them. Like, Jesus, let's hold hands with this thing together so that when we're done praying, I can walk it back to the seat with me. See, too many times what we do with our fears and our worries is that we don't cast them. We, we, we lay them there and we hold on to them. We're like, let's pray over this together. Right? Instead of letting Jesus take it and run with it, instead of saying, listen, the responsibility is yours now, instead of saying, I'm going to throw, which requires to throw something. Listen, I have, I have a couple of boys, played some sports growing up. I'm, I'm fairly well versed in how things get broken around the house because you throw them. And now, if they weren't to ever actually let go of the ball, they would never actually hit things to break them. And so here's what I've learned about throwing if you hold on to it, all you're doing is making a an motion and an action, and nothing's actually happening. And so when you cast something, you let it go. All of a sudden there's propulsion. It is moving away from you. So to cast it on Jesus means to let it go. So when we go to the Lord in prayer and petition with our anxieties, it means throw it out there, put it on him. He wants it. He says, cast them on him. Peter's saying, listen, I know the guy. We're pretty close. You can cast it on him because he cares for you. He's saying, take your anxiety and your worry and give it to Jesus. Let it go and walk away. Let it go and walk away. Be done with it. Don't keep hanging on to it. And you go, man, that's easier said than done. Sure, absolutely it is. But here's the the promise, though. If we do so, we receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. But but pastor, you don't know, I've gone to the Lord in prayer for this time and time and time again, but when I'm done praying, the fear is because you kept it in your hand. You felt peace in the moment because he was there. You're like, oh, I went to the Lord in prayer with it. We prayed over this and it was so good. And, And I felt peace And I walked away, and a few hours later, all of a sudden, I was flooded with this fear and this worry again. And it's like, you didn't let it go. You didn't set it there. You didn't walk away. You didn't cast your cares on the Lord. You didn't cast your anxiety on the Lord, your fear, your worry on the Lord. Instead, you kind of held on to it, and y'all held it together while you prayed. And you said, but I'll take it back with me because you don't need to carry that. And he says, no, cast it on him because he cares for you. Say, listen, boom, it's yours. It's, you can take the responsibility of it now. I'm giving it to you. And when you do, you find the peace of God that transcends all understanding. I love the, the phrase, the peace of God, because it shows the ownership of the Lord, that God owns this peace. It's his. He's like, this is my peace. I own it. This is what I walk in. I operate in this peace. There's no chaos or disorder. There is the peace of God in all that I do. And he says, and when you come and you lay it down at my feet, when you give me all your anxieties and your worries, you pray over them, you bring them to me, what you're gonna receive in return is this peace that I live in. And the world won't understand it, you won't understand it, but you'll be able to walk through moments and situations and darkness and struggles and trials, and you're gonna be able to walk through them with the peace of God that guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. That is powerful to be able to say, I'm no longer bound by or restricted to the, 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 the fear and the anxiety that is around me. I'm no longer bound to the fear and the anxiety and the worry that, that I'm even feeling in my own heart and in my in my own mind, but I have placed it there, and all of a sudden I have let it go and I've walked away and I have the peace of God. And this, this transcends even just coronavirus and in the time that we're in, this goes to anything and everything you face where you go, God, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. And he's like, great, great. That's cool. Lay it down. Give it to me. I'm gonna give you this incredible exchange. It's kind of like, you know, this, this incredible thing that God does with these insane exchanges where you go, this makes no sense. Like you go, hey, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you my sin and all that. I'm gonna let your son die. And in return, I want salvation and eternal life. And he's like, sounds like a great deal to me. And you go, that doesn't make any sense. It's the same thing where God says, hey, if you give me all your fear, your worry and anxiety, and let me worry about those, in return, I'm going to give you peace. And And too many times, we don't take him up on that offer. And he's like, no, let me give you this peace. Let me give you this peace. Walk in this peace. And the desperate need and the deep need for the peace of God in a time like this. Here's what I know. Whatever you feed grows. Whatever you feed grows. So if you're feeding panic, if you feed worry, if you feed anxiety, it's going to grow. And there are symptoms and and byproducts to panic. Insomnia. Upset stomach. Goodness gracious. How many of you are like, I don't feel good? Really short fingernails. I'm glad you caught that because... I wrote it in here and I was like, man, what if they don't get my joke? I mean, it can cause hair loss, but here's the biggest thing is panic causes irrational thinking. Irrational thinking. You end up then with viral videos of people running down the toilet paper aisle and snatching it all up. It's panic, right? Because they're going, oh no. One person, and there's science tells us this, that if, if one person sees somebody else like stocking up on something, they may have good legitimate reason for stocking up on it. But the other person's mind goes, I should do that too. And they, they may not know, but they're, they run a boarding house with 42 children in it or something and they needed all that toilet paper. We don't know this. I'm making them speculating, making up stuff. So don't quote me on this, right? But then it causes this panic reaction in others. I just saw a video, literally. Lauren showed me this the other night where they open the store and it's like the camera is facing the toilet paper aisle. So security camera, just watching the aisle and it's open. And literally it's like hundreds, I'm not making this up. Hundreds of people rushing down this aisle, like grabbing. And if you see, I mean, filling up their carts with all that they can get so that they don't run out of toilet paper because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And it's the fear of the unknown is the worry. And then it sparks panic. Panic causes irrational thinking. Peace allows us to walk in wisdom. It allows us to walk with a clear mind, with a sober mind, right? We're not drunk on panic, but we're sober-minded. We're focused on what does the Lord want? How should I respond? How should we react in this moment, in this situation? Now, mind you, am I against stocking up so that in case something happens? No. I've got 24 pounds of frozen chicken in my freezer right now. It's a true story. I mean, that, you don't know. People may go hoard all the food, and then I'm like, well, now we can't eat. But yes, we can. We're ready. Again, it's one of those crazy exchanges. You give the Lord your panic, your worry. He gives you peace. But how do we keep it there? How do we keep from from picking it back up? How do we keep from from walking with it? And I think Paul addresses that in verse 8. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, here we go, think about such things. Think about such things. The third thing today is, is virtuous in thinking. During this time period when Paul's writing this, you've got a lot of different... Uh, philosophers kind of writing their different virtues. And so you, you see Plato, Aristotle, and guys like that writing their different list of virtues. And so Paul, in a sense, kind of jumps in on, on the act in this moment, which would have been applicable to, to the culture of where the church was and the people there in that time. And so you see Paul saying, listen, these are kind of the virtues that you need to be thinking on and walking in. But, but, but to me, I look at this and I feel like Paul's saying, listen, you want to know how to leave your burdens there? Like you want to know how to leave your worry there? Change your thinking. Take the peace of God and redirect your thought process. Redirect your thought process. In this, he says, he says so, so, so find truth in the situation. Not the gruesome, horrible truths or whatever. Seek truth, right? Find the real truth in all of this. Because what happens is, is we see stories and numbers that it could be inflated to this, it could be that. it could This is, you know, you go, best case scenario doesn't look good, right? We don't have truth and hard facts on these things. These are all, all, all assumptions and ideas that could possibly be. And I'm not discrediting those that, that have made these, these, these projections and predictions in this. But what I'm saying is until we have hard facts and truth, it's easy to allow those things to rob us of our peace so find truth find find things that are noble find things that are right focus on that when I hear this list and I I think about okay uh, something true noble right pure lovely admirable excellent or praiseworthy you know what I think about Jesus Jesus so think about Jesus Does that mean that we only think of Jesus and we don't operate, we don't function, we don't work? No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is allow Jesus to guide your thoughts. Think about who Jesus is and, and allow him to bring the wisdom and the peace and walk with that. There's nothing more true than Jesus. There's no one more noble than Jesus. There's no one more right than Jesus. Nothing more pure than Jesus, right? There's nothing more lovely or admirable than Jesus. There's nothing more excellent or praiseworthy than Jesus. So shift your thinking and your thoughts and say, Father, let me think on your son. Let me think on Jesus. Let me think on you as we walk through this. And then I can walk in, the, in that peace that passes all understanding because it guards our hearts and our minds in Jesus. So we have to think on Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate foundation for peace. And we have to remember that we're not given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And through Jesus, we have the impartation and the working of the Holy Spirit available to us that we could step into and say, now let me be led by the spirit and walk in power in love in a sound mind. We shift our thinking to Jesus Plain and simple. All the goodness that He has for you, all the grace He has given to you, all the love He continues to pour over you. And thinking about Jesus, you find wave after wave of peace. And it only comes from heaven above. This world can only steal what you allow it to take. The world can only steal what you allow it to take. If you want to let it rob you of your peace, it will gladly do so. It will gladly take your peace. But if you focus on Jesus, if you walk on it, you say, nope, you can't have my peace. You can't have my peace. I'm Sorry, that, that's, that's been given as a gift to me from God. So I'm not going to let you have my peace. I'm not gonna let you rob me of what was rightfully promised to me as I laid my anxieties and my worries down. I'm gonna walk in the peace that was given to me. I'm gonna invite the worship team to join me. This morning, I'm not going to ask you to come forward and and, and pray. We're not gonna do all that, but but I, I wanna encourage you to be a people of peace and hope through this. And I hope today that, 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 that maybe you were reminded of some things or maybe you found, found a little more peace than you had before. So you know what? God is in control. And I can take my, my worries and I can take my anxiety. I can lay them at the feet of Jesus. I can cast them. I can let them go. I can place them there and say, Father, they're yours. And in turn, he says, awesome. Here's my peace. And that maybe our sh- uh, there'll be a shift in our thinking. Maybe our minds will change a little bit. And we'll, you know what? I'm going to let my focus be on Jesus and I'm going to let him lead me through this so I can walk in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit with a, with a clear mind, with a clear thought process. We need to walk in the joy of the Lord and declare our peace in Jesus. Think about the wonderful virtues of who Jesus is. In His truth, how noble He is, how pure, how right, how lovely, admirable, how excellent, how praiseworthy. And what's great about that is, is it only restarts the cycle. You go, man, Jesus is praiseworthy. You begin to praise the Lord, and you know what happens when you begin to praise the Lord? The joy of the Lord becomes your strength, and it all just continues to cycle, and build and build and build to where you're just so overfilled with just love for Jesus just you become so affectionate towards him and say I want all that Jesus has for me I want all that Jesus wants for me and what he doesn't want is, is fear what he doesn't want is, is worry and anxiety but he wants to give peace power love a sound mind this morning i know that that there there are so many who have kind of walked through this and going what what do we do how do we respond how do we walk through this listen i'm gonna tell you this real quick we we don't walk in fear and we don't walk in ignorance okay and and as a church and and as your pastor i'm gonna vow to do the same i'm not gonna walk in fear but i'm not gonna walk in ignorance either I'm not going to just say, you know what? Hey, uh, Peter, you know, said, hey, you know, Paul says, hey, the snake's going to bite me or whatever. I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean? We go. Moses is like, go to take it over there and get bit. You're gonna be. We're not. We're not walking. In, in, you know, unless the Lord commands us to do so, we're gonna walk not in fear, and, and we're not gonna walk in ignorance. We're gonna walk in wisdom, and we're gonna approach this one day at a time, in, in, in through the leading of our leading of our national leaders and through the leadership of our church and, and through, through others around us. We're going to glean from them and make sure we make the right decisions moving forward because here's what I want. I don't want to disrupt peace in our hearts. I don't want to disrupt peace in our church. And I'm going to continue to believe and ask God for, for refreshing uh, throughout this situation. Here's the positive that actually Lauren kind of brought up. So many of us are gonna have to, you know, there'll be so many that are saying, hey, work from home. If you can work from home, work from home. And and oftentimes we look at it and we go, well, I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough time to spend time in devotion with the Lord. I don't have enough time to set aside time for the Lord. Guess what? Some of the things in the world around us are just being set on hold and put on pause. And it is a wonderful opportunity for you to reconnect with the Lord in a personal and in a private relational way to where you go, God, take me deeper in relationship with you more time in prayer, more time in the word, growing in who God has you to be and who God wants you to be and walking in that, being filled again with the spirit saying, oh God, give me a refreshing. As the world gets put on hold, you know, one thing that is constant is Jesus and we can spend time with him. Let me pray over you this morning and just believing for peace, for renewed hope that you know what? God is in control. Father, we love you. We love you, God. We thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace and for your love. We thank you, God, for the fact that you are leading and that you are guiding in all of this. So Lord, we do, we do ask again for wisdom for our leaders. We do ask for protection over our, our, our health care and, and, and those that are attending are, are to the sick and Lord. We do pray for healing and we pray for spiritual awakening within our nation. But today, God in our church, we pray for peace, that passes all understanding that goes beyond our realm of thinking and reasoning but that we simply get to step into your peace. God, that we walk in that, that we're led by that, we're guided by that. And in that, we're led by your love and your wisdom. So Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will cover us. God, I pray that through this week that we walk in the peace and the hope of Jesus. Knowing, God, that we can rejoice in you because you, oh God, hold our soul. And in that, we can give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise for that. But Lord, you also give peace as we lay down our burdens, as we lay down our worry and our anxiety, and we let it go. And so Lord, we shift our thinking to think about Jesus this week, to give our time to you, our, our thoughts to you, to let you lead us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Have an incredible week. Stay safe. Be smart. But Walk in peace. Walk in peace in the hope that the Lord has for you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Grace Hill is always about knowing God and growing in God, and we want to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or a question, you can email us at info at gracehill.cc.